Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan M.K. And, you know, I normally open with some niceties and things like that, but... Cam Newton's going to the Patriots. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm torn about this. Fantasy-wise, could be good. But holy fuck it all, if the goddamn Patriots didn't strike again. Just trade one Hall of Fame quarterback for another Hall of Fame quarterback. I've had enough. Enough. I really have. Although I do find it comical that uh, I imagine there's some some fans in Buffalo and um, New York and, um, (laughs) well, probably not Miami because they probably didn't have a whole lot of hope for this year. But definitely some fans in Buffalo that are not happy about this. Although, I do think it could be, could be a bit of an overreaction. Because let's think about it. It's taken a while, right? They probably wanted to make sure they could get a a look at him, visit with the doctors, the Patriots doctors, shit like that. But they're not going to have a lot of time with him, really, before the season gets going. So you got to wonder, how is this going to work? Because I imagine, and Cam Newton's already came out and said he's fine with a backup role. And the contract is one year that Cam Newton got, and it looks like it's got some incentives to it. So it'll be interesting to see. If he starts on the bench and Stidham doesn't perform well, do they put him in? Do they have a healthy competition? Not entirely sure. Something this automatically means that Cam Newton, bam, is the Patriots' starting quarterback. And you would think... Yeah, maybe, but it's the Patriots, and it's Bill Belichick, and you never know. I mean, who really thought Tom Brady would become Tom Brady all those years ago? So maybe there's something to Jarrett Stidham. His profile isn't terrible. We'll have to just see, I guess. But I would say... I did mention several times that I hope people in Superflex Leagues, this is a great year to just draft a, draft a, a two, maybe three, however many you want, but it's a good year to get some guys in a Superflex draft in the later rounds. Why? Well, because you got, uh, well, let's see, you've got Marcus Mariota sitting out there, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, You could say Andy Dalton, too. But the point is, is that Mariota could very well start for Derek Carr this year. Right? He could come in at some point. Jameis Winston could come in for Drew Brees. And if not, he's likely to get the Teddy Bridgewater treatment, I would think, and get a starting job somewhere next year. So, yeah. I. And then Cam Newton. There you go. Another one that I was saying, grab. Because he'll be signed eventually, 
and he's better than a lot of the starting quarterbacks out there. And now you put him on the Patriots, who have some running backs, who have Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, even though I think he's kind of toast. But they've got some players, drafted some young tight ends. So the deal is this could be really good for Cam Newton. But we'll have to see because we also know the kind of guy Cam Newton is, and is that really going to fit in with the Patriots? Is he going to have to dial back? Is Bill Belichick going to be a little more lenient with that kind of thing? We'll have to see. So there's a lot of stuff at play here, but like I said, you need to be drafting Cam Newton, and this is why. This is why. We'll see how it all plays out, but it's definitely, definitely exciting. Yes, yes, yes. Are we good with it? Yeah. I know. I know. Gotta get excited. But, I mean, of course, this the all being if we get the football, <laughs> because we may not. You never know. Assholes still out there think uh, wearing masks is no big deal, even though spikes are going around the country and people want to blame the protests. Hmm, that's funny. Motherfuckers, it ain't the protest. <laughs> they're wearing masks. They're using sanitizer. They're being as safe as possible while they're doing what they're doing. You know what the deal is? All the people out at the beaches, not socially distancing, not wearing masks, not doing any of that. And the bars, cramped spaces like that. <sighs> Probably help a lot if the people at the beaches wore masks. But... <laughs> Seems to be a big deal right now. But, I mean, they're closing bars and stuff down again in California. They're doing it in Texas, Arizona. Like, COVID's not going away. And the way our country is handling it is ensuring that it's not going to go away anytime soon. So, really, best we can all do is, you know, be as safe as you possibly can. Follow the guidelines set forth by, I repeat, scientists and medical experts. <laughs> Wear the mask, man. Try and stay home. If you go out, mask, social distance, right? Try and stay home. If you go out, mask, try and social distance. It's pretty simple. Wash your fucking hands. <sighs> so frustrating. Like, we could have gotten a really good handle on this, but people just, uh, if we don't get sports, it's because people were fucking dicking around instead of taking it seriously. That's all there is to it. That is all there is to it. But I digress. If we get the football, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. And, again, Cam Newton to the Patriots, that's exciting because next it will be, where's Colin Kaepernick going to go? Apparently, teams are interested. We'll have to see. The Cam Newton... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Jesus, that came out of nowhere. Otherwise, I would have stopped the damn recording. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that rattled the brain a little bit. Excuse me. Whew, pardon me. <laughs> I totally lost what I was saying. What happened there? Yeah. Pretty much. Train derailed. And, you oh. suck, you jackass. Oh, whatever. Oh, goodness. Oh, 
have really bad allergies <laughs> and it's summertime. So they tend to ratchet up around this time of the year. And, uh, but I haven't been feeling anything really too bad today. But that, th- that was a hell of a sneeze out of nowhere. Rattled the brain a little bit, but that's okay. We're moving on. We are moving on. So Saturday, my article came out for pray- player profile. Why do I have problems saying that all the time? It's not because of the sneeze. I was almost going to blame it on the sneeze, but it's really not the sneeze. It's really not. I struggle with saying that almost every fucking time. Playerprofiler.com. I've used this site for a long time. I don't know why it's hard for it. Probably because I never said it all that much before. But anyway, my article is up. It is on Player Profiler. You can check it out. You can go to my Twitters, at RMK Madness, and get all of my fantasy content there. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And that article that came out Saturday is on... Why drafting quarterbacks early is a good idea. That's not the title. (laughs) But drafting quarterbacks early. Good move? Yeah, I think so. We talked about it in the last pod. Well, here's my article about it. So make sure you check it out. And then I should have a couple more articles coming out this week. As a matter of fact, we're going to get into the madness where we're going to discuss my next Article's topic, the modified zero RB strategy. So we're going to get into that here in The Madness. We'll be right back. Welcome to The Madness. Yes, 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 yes. This is The Madness, and for new listeners... Basically, the meat of the pod right here, where I get into the main discussion of the episode, if you know what I mean. So that's what we're going to get into. And again, it's going to be about this next article that I got coming out, the modified zero RB strategy. Now, most people know the zero RB strategy, which is you just hit up those fucking wide receivers in those early rounds, worry about your running backs later, right? A little bit tougher to do little bit tougher to do because you really do want one of those guys that's going to be consistent because they're more of the workhorse role. And let's face it, that workhorse role is diminishing. Teams are more and more using multiple back systems. And there's always been some. You always had the satellite backs involved. In the, and over the years, as teams begin to pass more and more and more, you see more of the satellite backs. And now it's becoming multi, multiple back systems, which means a couple of things. One, you can get running backs later. Sure. But two, a lot of those running backs are not full-time, three down. So a little less fantasy points, right? But they're still good to grab into because there's also a good amount of them that are those, you know, committee plus guys. They're in the committee, but man, if the other guy in that committee gets hurt or this guy gets hurt or this happens, then boom, they're going to have more of a role. And you do have lots of coaches that they're going to ride the hot hand. The Packers seemed pretty into Jamal Williams last year, and they kept wanting to give him the ball. But they couldn't stop giving Aaron Jones the ball either because he was fucking killing it. 
So even if you want to try and make it a committee, if one guy is outshining, you're going to roll with him. At least a little bit more. So that's one way to look at it. And, and also with the wide receivers, the depth there is insane too. Because, again, teams are starting to pass more, which means you're seeing a lot more offensive weapons. Tight ends are starting to become, you know, the tight end position is really starting to get some depth there. And wide receiver duos are becoming a big thing. You've got, I mean, think about in the past how, how many of those you actually had in fantasy football, Right. I mean, you had your wide receiver ones, and then behind them, you had some teams that had some wide receiver twos that did some damage. But now that the, all the past, there is plenty of teams that had two viable wide receivers, and so the depth at wide receiver is even more so. So you don't really have to take all you know, those top guys in the first, because you can get guys, for example, in 2019, seven of the top 12 wide receivers were drafted in the fourth round or later. That's over half, over 50% of the top receivers were not even drafted in the first few rounds. So you don't have to do that. But the problem is, with the running back position, is... The fragility fractor. Fractor? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just, yeah, I just. You suck. Yep. I'm not even going to argue with you this time. Not even going to argue with you this time. I am definitely having trouble talking tonight. <laughs> anyway. Tonight. There we go. I gave it away again. I'm recording the Monday pod on the Sunday night. Yeah, you got me. What the fuck ever. Anyway, anyway, as I was saying, as I was saying, when it comes to running back fragility, the reason it's such a big deal is because it just sort of makes the position more redundant than we thought, okay? Sean Spiel, I think I'm saying his name right, is the guy who kind of introduced, created the zero RB strategy and he got a lot of information from different sources and he just came up with hey it if you're trying to do you know the value-based drafting that doesn't always go the best because you're accounting on the predictions of these players right and so often in fantasy football, the predictions are off. Even if they're only off a little, they're still, you know, we're trying to predict the future here, folks. It, it, this is a hard fucking thing to do. <laughs> Pretty difficult to be extremely accurate, okay? So everyone's doing the best they can, but that's kind of the point. You want to eliminate certain aspects of it so that you're as close to accurate as possible. And this is one of those things. The running back position is more fragile. It's it than the wide reason blah 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 blah. See? Just talking just sucks. Just sucks. I'm terrible right now. 
<laughs> I should pause it and come back tomorrow or after I smoke a bowl. Another two bowls, maybe. <laughs> but no, we push forward. We push forward. So you get into this and you're thinking, mm, okay, you're talking to me. I'm hearing some things. Zero RB sounds, hey, not so bad, but stop. Slow down. What I'm discussing is a modified version of the zero RB strategy, modified zero RB. And why? Because I don't think you can go zero RB anymore. As I said, it's just I don't think it's as effective because you don't have to get those receivers right at the beginning. Right? You don't have to. You can find receivers later. And again, with the way the running back position is working in so many multiple back systems, there are less and less of those three-down workhorse-type backs. They're dwindling. So, this is kind of how I propose things with this modified zero RB strategy. Essentially, you're going to want to make sure you get yourself one of those workhorse-like backs in the first few rounds, okay? And then hit up wide receiver. You essentially are going to do the modified zero RB, but you want one of those, one of those guys that has a more workhorse-like role. Even if it's waiting until the end of the first, second round, you got to try and get one of those guys. And then you can hit up receiver. Make sure you get that workhorse Guys, back up. I would handcuff him. And then you could start peppering in with running backs with upside, either the, the, the better backs that are in committees or maybe a satellite back plus someone who's doing some third down work and it gets you some consistent points, but will also get a huge boost if the primary back gets hurt. Okay, so there's lots of ways to attack running back later in the draft. But zero RB is not ideal because you definitely, definitely want to get Someone who's close to that workhorse role. Someone you feel you can count on. Because that, that position, it just... That's why I don't. I don't like to spend a lot of high picks on it because I know anything can happen. Not just the injuries, but fuck, man. A little something here, a little something there. Someone comes in, they look better, they take over the job. Look at how quickly David Johnson lost his job last year. Shit happens. That's why I don't feel like you can invest. That shit kind of shit doesn't happen to wide receivers as much, you know? That's why you gotta invest, I believe, those early round picks in, you know, those safer players. After that, you go all upside, be risky, do whatever you want. I'm all for it. I like to do that too. But those first few rounds, you got to nail your picks, right? And the way I would want to go about this is honestly, I'd incorporate my ideas from, well, my article in the last pod about drafting QB early. And in the first four rounds, I'm looking running back, Wide receiver, QB, wide receiver. Running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, QB. Wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, QB. However you want to do it. First four fucking rounds. One running back, one quarterback, two wide receivers. Then you got a nice fucking core. 
then at some point, yeah, you get yourself a good-ass tight end and you shoot fucking upside through the roof. But that's the way I have been attacking drafts this offseason. I have not, I'm not only preaching modified zero RB. No, I am living it. <laughs> because I'm drafting the shit out of teams using this fucking strategy. Again, seven of the top 12 receivers last year could be had in the third round, fourth round, later. So, you can get you a couple of the studly ones, you know, in the first few rounds. Make sure you get that running back. Grab yourself a quarterback. You can come back and get them. Same thing with running back. Half of the running backs. Fourth round or later last year. And there was like a few of them that were going in like the end of the third or maybe it was the end of the fourth. Maybe it's fifth round and later. Regardless, there's more than a handful of running backs in that top 12 that you didn't have to get in the first or second round. But that's my point. Those guys are still there. There's still some in the top 12 that were drafted that early. You just want to make sure you get one of these guys. Who is going to have opportunity, right, for a larger role. Who's going to have that biggest role? You'll get some of the guys this year. You know, Saquon's going to bounce back. You got Christian McCaffrey, right? You're going to have guys like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders later on. In the middle, you got your Dalvin Cooks, Joe Mixon. Those are guys you can look at and go, okay. They're going to get a good chunk of carries. But that's how you roll, that's how you go about this. And there are plenty of guys you can get later. They're just, and you know, a lot of people are digging this robust running back strategy. And a lot of people think this year that's the way to go. Because you want to just gobble up those running backs. Because you can get wide receivers later. Ah, you can. Yes. But here's the thing. Again, running back fragility. I mean, I guess if you're in a redraft league, hmm, I might go robust RB, depending on the size of the league. But if I'm in a dynasty startup, I want those high-end, productive wide receivers, consistent, consistently producing wide receivers. That's who I fucking want, man. Yes, yes, there are running backs that are going to score more points than wide receivers. But again, for how long? Before they get hurt, or their job gets taken for them, or their team decides not to give them a contract. You see this. Teams in the NFL, not only are they using more multiple back systems, but teams aren't as willing to fucking pay for the services of a running back. They don't want to give them that second contract because they know the running back wants a big contract to kind of make up for the time he's already given. And they just don't want to do that shit anymore because really, in practicality, it's really not worth it. It sucks for the running backs. It sucks for that position. I feel for the players. But if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, it's not a greatest idea to give them that, sec- that second contract worth a shit ton of money. Because they're not going to be able to fulfill that contract appropriately. 
very few running backs are able to maintain because of health and, you know, injury, wear and tear, all of that, man. It's a fucking grind. Not that I know. I didn't fucking play. <laughs> but it's obvious. So, it's, it's, it's a shame for the running back position, but it is reality, I would say. So that's kind of my feelings on it is, hey, why the fuck not go with modified zero RB this year? Dynasty and redraft. And I would add in the quarterback dimension. Like I said, those first four rounds, running back, quarterback, two receivers, fucking build around that. Fifth round, come back, get you another running back. Sixth round, seventh round, wide receiver, wide receiver, eighth round, tight end. Ninth round, running back. However you want to do it. First four rounds. That's what I recommend. Because you're going to have to get a quarterback in the first four rounds if you want one of those top guys. And I believe they're worth it this year. So you're going to want to spend one of those picks on a quarterback. You're going to want to spend one of those picks on a workhorse type running back. And then get a couple receivers. Now, when it comes to best ball leagues, which I know are becoming more and more of the rage, more and more popular with the kids, the best ball leagues, a little bit different, right? Because of the construction of the scoring and whatnot. So in those leagues, robust running back works really well, right? Particularly because you can find so many of those boom or bust type wide receivers later on in the draft. So it makes perfect sense in a best ball league why you would attack running back and attack it like that. But in your dynasty startup, in your redraft leagues, I'm moving straight for this Modified zero RB strategy. Because I know I'm going to get a good core. I know I'm going to get one solid RB. And if I handcuff him later in the draft, Dalvin Cook, grab Alexander Madison. Even Mike Boone. Because personally, I like Mike Boone a little bit better. The Vikings don't seem to agree. So that means Alexander Madison is a little more valuable in, in reality. But you grab one of those guys to help handcuff you. If it's Zeke, Tony Pollard. You know what I'm saying. Get one of the handcuffs for your big back so that you're not losing out completely. And then, and then, upside, upside, upside. Telling you, it's the way to go. And just so you know, I, I like I said, I don't just preach this shit. I practice it. Okay? I'm going to give you my most recent startup draft. This is what I've been rolling with, okay? So, this is how the beginning of my draft... Well, the draft is almost over, so I shouldn't say... <laughs> I shouldn't say uh, this is how the beginning of my draft went. There's only a few rounds left, and I'm really fucking happy with my team. Now, there are a couple... I, I did make one move, and I'll get to that, earlier, or about mid-draft or so, that... Eh, I think it kind of altered things a little bit, but I still am really happy with how my team has turned out thus far. So, 12-team Superflex League with tight end premium. 
Yes, yes indeed. 12-team Superflex tight end premium dynasty startup league. Okay, I had the 111. So snake draft comes back. Obviously, I have the 210. At the 111, I went Kyler Murray because Russ Wilson was gone. Pat Mahomes was gone. Lamar Jackson was gone, and I said, I'm getting Kyler Murray in one of these fucking drafts. I don't have any Kyler Murray. Not a one. This is my first league where I have some Kyler Murray. So I'm fucking excited, right? So I got Kyler Murray. Came back at the 2-2. I grabbed Chris Godwin. Now, some people might have been like, dude, Devontae Adams there, Joe Mixon there, Nick Chubb. Nope. I want Chris Godwin because I think he's going to be Tom Brady's bestest friend this year and i just love chris godwin oh shit that scared the hell out of me (laughs) oh man that was my mini bluetooth speaker uh i had the sound effects running through that to make them a little louder i noticed on the last pod the sound effects was a little quieter so i tried to make it a little louder and better this time and uh, the speaker sometimes turns off by itself and it did there and scared the shite out of me (laughs) anyway moving on moving on so so i went chris godwin okay then it came back around that the 311 i took dj moore and then at the 4-2 i took jk dobbins now i was hoping to get jonathan taylor he went a few picks before me. <laughs> and I was so bummed. I was so bummed. Oh, actually, he went a few picks before that my DJ Moore pick. Because that's who I was going to take there. And I didn't like any of the running backs in that area. So I just went DJ Moore. Now I feel like I have two top five receivers, if healthy. And one of the top five quarterbacks. So I'm sitting good. But now I got to attack the running back position. And I do. My next two picks, I take J.K. Dobbins and Darius Geis. I feel really good about that because even if Darius Geis, hmm, let's just say he finally gets his shit going because I don't think he's as injury prone as people want to believe, okay? If you just look at the different injuries, I, I just think it's more bad luck. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. If it was another guy, I'd probably be looking at him and saying, maybe it's just, maybe I'm blinded by my love for guys. And I am. <laughs> but I love this dude, and I really think he's going to have a shot this year. Because I think Adrian Peterson is going to continue to decline. And what, they brought in Peyton Barber? You laugh. I mean, they got Bryce Love. Okay. And then they drafted Antonio Gibson. I know, I know. And he's awesome. And I do think they'll use him a bunch. And what if Bryce Love is looking good too? Maybe they flip Darius Geis. Because what happens if Ty Gurley gets hurt or something's going on with him and the Falcons are like, oh, shit, we fucked up. We made a mistake. Maybe they make a play for Darius Geis. So I think it's something to think about, right? I believe in Darius Geis this year whether he's on the Redskins or somewhere else. And I love me some J.K. Dobbins. And then I turned back around and grabbed me another receiver, DJ Chark. And then I hit up Teddy Bridgewater to give myself another quarterback. And basically what I did right here is I felt pretty good, like, okay, at this point in the draft, I've got my quarterback, I've got two running backs, 
and I've got three receivers. That's my starting lineup, Sands, the super flex, the regular flex, and the tight end, right? So I come back, and the next four picks, I go QB, tight end, QB, tight end. Now I don't have to worry about that shit for a while. I missed out on a couple of good players I liked, but for the most part, every time it came around to me, I was more than happy to take the dudes that were there because I was like, yeah, this is a good strategy. And I ended up with Ted Bridgewater and Dwayne Haskins at the quarterback and TJ Hawkinson and Mike Kozecki at tight end. And I think those are two of my top tight ends in Dynasty. Hawkinson and Gusecki. And they're both on teams with quarterbacks that could use them because it's not like, like, okay, Detroit has Kenny Galladay, right? And Marvin Jones. And I like Marvin Jones, but he's getting older. And I like Travis Fulgham, second-year guy that could end up being their number three. But he is kind of that. I mean, he'd be a great if something were to happen to Marvin Jones. Not saying I root for this, but Travis Fulgham could step right in and play that role. So they do have some weapons. But TJ should be used a lot. And the same thing in Miami. They have Devontae Parker. They have Preston Williams. But Mike Gusecki. So then I'm thinking, okay, now I've got a few quarterbacks, a couple awesome tight ends. I don't have to worry about that shit for a while. Now this is kind of where I made the mistake. I felt usually you can tell in every dynasty draft there gets to a point where people just start smashing those, you know, later round rookies. Not the very top rookies. You know, like, at this point, Taylor's gone, Akers, J.K. Dobbins, obviously. And then receiver, you know, the top ones are gone. Judy, Ruggs, you know, Judy. Did I say that? (laughs) C.D. Lamb's gone. So you look at that, and there's always seems to be this run where people start snatching those guys. And I decided I wanted to get ahead of the curve. And so I took my next two picks, Joshua Kelly, rookie, who I really love, on the Chargers, who I think will be able to make an impact right away. And then Denzel Mims, who I think is going to be Sam Darnold's go-to guy right out of the gates. And then I, I, I'm i sitting there thinking, ooh, I really, I really like this. But the problem was Sam, I did miss out on a few guys that I liked in that area, right? Matt Breida, Alexander Madison, some of the guys in that area. But I did that because I honestly thought the rookie run was going to happen. And it didn't. It didn't. It actually happened after. So maybe I sparked it. Uh, But I did miss out on a couple of guys from trying to do that because it was, I probably could have went those two picks with some more experienced players and been able to get both of the rookies yeah because they were taking other receivers yeah I probably would have been able to get Josh Kelly and Denzel Mims on my next set of picks but alas it is what it is so I came back around after getting the rooks and I grabbed Damian Harris and Duke Johnson Damian Harris because I do believe there's a good chance he gets involved heavily in the beginning of the year if Sony Michelle isn't ready to go and I believe he's He's on the path for more play this year anyway. And then Duke Johnson, well, I'm just worried about David Johnson. And they don't really have shit else. (laughs) But that's another team where the Texans don't seem to want to 
you know, give John, Duke Johnson that full workload. So they're another team. What if, shit, what if something happens to David Johnson? Do they trade for Darius guys? Who knows? Who knows? Or someone like Justice Hill on the Ravens because they got way too many. So it's something to think about, something to consider. But Duke Johnson, he's going to get some points either way, so at least I have some consistency right there from Duke Johnson. Should I suffer injuries, things like that? Duke Johnson is at least someone consistent and solid I can insert into my lineup for some guaranteed points, right? And then after double double or doubling up on the running back position, I doubled up on the wide receiver position. Hunter Renfro and Sammy Watkins. Now, neither one of these guys are normally players I would take. But Hunter Renfro is going to be an important piece on that offense. And nobody was touching him. Same thing with Sammy Watkins. Plays for the fucking Chiefs. But Cole Hardman went way ahead. Why? And you know what? It's crazy because I've never owned Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I really haven't. I remember when he went to the Bills and everybody used to freak out over him. And he just never quite completely lived up to all the hype that everybody had for him. But he's he's had some big games in Kansas City. And he's kind of a perfect player for the best ball leagues, really. But I just kind of felt good, and I'm like, man. And he restructured his contract. If he can come, he's talking about he wants so many yards, so many targets. So if he comes out and has a killer year, I will be able to sell him for a good amount, I would say. And then it comes back around to me. I hit up another tight end. I grab Adam Troutman. Comes back to me again. I decide to double up on my running backs. And I get Naheem Hines and Dare Ogunbenwale. Now, Naheem Hines didn't quite produce when given the opportunity last year. But I do think he's someone to watch because Marlon Mack is pretty good at catching the balls, right? Pretty good pass catcher. But I think once they get Jonathan Taylor in there and he gets moving, they're going to kind of push Mack back a little bit. They said they want a one-two punch, but they also want to use Naheem Hines. And Naheem Hines is one of those smaller satellite backs. And what does Phillip Rivers, the new Colts quarterback coach, like to do? He likes those guys. Now, of course, Marlon Mack could be more of the third down guy because he is pretty good when it comes to passing or catching the ball out of the backfield, I should say. But we'll see. I think this is also another situation where Marlon Mack is on the last year of his contract. He would like an extension, but they have Jonathan Taylor there, and if he comes out and starts killing it, does Marlon Mack get traded somewhere? So I think something to keep an eye on. But And then Dario Ogunbowale, well, he's been working out with Brady. You know the Brady-James White connection? This could be something similar. Darre's more of a flyer. Well, they both are at this point, really, but that's where I figured I'd go. And then there was quite a few receivers on the board that I still liked that I feel like either have some really high upside or they got a chance just because of opportunity. And one of the ones I looked at is Miles Boykin, and that's who I just recently took my last pick because with Miles Boykin, He's got the athletic profile, man. He's got it. And he was drafted last year. Now, they didn't use him a lot last year, but that was a heavy, heavy run offense. So it'll be interesting to see. 
because they did draft Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. I like both those players. But this is one of those years where, again, and I know earlier I was talking about Denzel Mims immediately becoming a Sam Darnold target. But if you notice, Denzel Mims super talented and a senior. I think he'll be able to adjust and adapt pretty quickly. Whereas, you know, some rookies are going to have trouble because they're not going to have the normal offseason that, well, the NFL normally has. And that's a leg up for someone like a Miles Boykin who's walking into his second year. He's got a year of experience under his belt. Things were expected out of him in his first year, so he's got the first crack at the grind. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at in the draft. We got three picks left. We'll see how I end it. And then hopefully we get it done in the next couple of days so that we can turn around and uh, go ahead and get the waiver wire on Wednesday because I'm going to throw a few guys on the taxi squad and hit up the waiver wire. And boy, do I got some sneaky, sneaky tight end ideas. Yes, I do. Some sneaky tight end ideas. Yes, I do. Just for this, for this, for the waiver wire. (laughs) So... And you know what? Maybe that's what we'll discuss next episode. Some good old-fashioned tight end talk. But anyway, anyway, take a break for now. Take a quick break, and we'll come back and close up shop. Game over, man. Game over. That's right. Game over, man. Game over. It is time to close this up. I did not even turn the page my damn notebook. Sorry. I am off, although I suppose I'm a little off all the time. (laughs) And especially when doing these pods, because I just start to ranting and raving and chittering and chattering. And uh, you know what? It's all mad. And I just, what are you going to do? What what are you going to do? Can you blame me? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway... (laughs) Thank you once again for joining me. This has been the madness, 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 blah, 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 fantasy madness. (sighs) Okay. I just think I need sleep. I just think that's all it is. That's really, really, that's all this is. I'm pretty sure I've used that excuse before. But it is what it is. That's all it is. Sleep. I need sleep. I'm going to get some sleep. I need some food. Some more food. You know what I really could use? Marijuana. That's right. We're going to get some marijuana. Smoke a bowl. I'm going to be off to smoke a bowl in just a second. But as I was saying, as I was saying, I digress. As I was saying, please don't forget to follow me on the Twitter at RMK Madness. And thank you again for joining me with another episode of Fantasy Madness. I am the Mad Chatter. And you know what? I hope everyone has a great, great week. I, I myself. Should have a pretty good week, although I do have a dentist appointment on the Tuesday. I'm not looking for it at all. I'm not a big baby when it comes to the dentist. I just know in the past year, year and a half, since I've last been to the dentist, (laughs) due to personal stuff, I've had some bouts of not being so good to my teeth. So I just feel like I'm going to get yelled at. You ever feel like that? You're at the dentist and it's just like, have you been floss? No, no, I have not. I do not floss twice a day. I'm sorry. I don't floss twice a day. Sue me. 
So I got that going on, <laughs> which could be worse, could be worse, obviously. But that is my week so far, hitting up the writing, podcasting, hanging out with my fam, and visiting the good old dentist. And I will have another article or two out this week, so make sure to keep your eyes on Player Profiler and my Twitter, which is, again, at RMK Madness. And, yeah, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful week. Everybody stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad. And we'll chat again soon. Laters! Welcome to the show. The Mad Chatter is here. Ah.